This is a sermon given at St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. Visit our website at stdave.org. So I have a confession to make. It was my choice to do today's sequence hymn and gospel hymn the way you heard it sung. I got a lot of pushback from my worship team and the reasoning which was quite valid was that this hymn tells a story. A story that is not our story or maybe not even my story. However, there's a part of me that does think it's part of our story and I'll tell you why. You see, whether we are the oppressed or the oppressor, whether we're black or white, we are part of that collective story. And it's important to identify our part in it. And quite frankly, this hymn we just sang and we just finished um, a little bit ago is a hymn that is part of our diverse and complicated tradition. So yeah, I do think it's kind of our part of the story as well good or bad, it's part of our story. And today is actually a big day on so many different levels. Lots to celebrate and to remember this 19th of June. First and foremost, it's, it is Father's Day, and so I wanna wish all the fathers and granddads and those dads who have stepped in who maybe don't have children but were father figures a very blessed, happy Father's Day to you. It is also Juneteenth, and quick lesson, if you weren't uh, at uh, the lecture today, Juneteenth commemorates June 19th, 1865, when U.S. General Gordon Granger read General Orders Number 3 to the people in Galveston, Texas. He announced, the people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. There's more to it, but that's the big piece. And it was on this day, more than two years after President Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, when enslaved Americans in Galveston, Texas, finally received word that they were free from the bondage of slavery. It is a day in which we remember the moral stain and terrible toll of slavery in this, our country. What some of us refer to as America's original sin, a long legacy of systemic racism, inequality, and inhumanity. Honoring Juneteenth reminds us that we must preserve and learn from the stories of those who lived through slavery and its aftermath here in America. This remembrance's purpose is for all God's children, living today and into the future, to know the stories of those who came before them. On Juneteenth, we also recommit ourselves to the work of equity, equality, and justice for all. And we celebrate the centuries of struggle, of courage, and hope that have brought us to this time of progress and possibility. And in honor of Juneteenth, we here at St. David's are also honoring a special person, the Reverend Dr. Polly Murray. We're honoring her by donating all of our loose plate offerings to the Polly Murray Scholarship Fund of the Seminary of the Southwest, my own seminary. 
which expands opportunities for African-American students and other students of color to attend the seminary and preparation for priesthood in this diocese. Who is Polly Murray? Well, she has one of the most amazing stories. And this sermon isn't particularly about her, but I encourage you to learn about who she was and is still. Read her autobiography, read her poems. She's an amazing poet. And she is also part of our collective story. Dr. Anne Pauline Murray, known simply as Polly Murray, was best known as a writer, a lawyer, a civil rights activist, and the first woman of color ordained to the Episcopal Church. She helped influence landmark civil rights decisions and gender equality legislation that transformed the mid-20th century and paved the way for the 1960s civil rights activities that took place, as well as Dr. Martin Luther King uh, and what he was able to do. She was a civil rights pioneer who, get this, was arrested 15 years before Rosa Parks for refusing to give up her seat on an interstate bus traveling from New York City, where she was living at the time, to Durham, North Carolina on Easter weekend in 1940. And later in her life, at the age of 67, she was ordained in this, our very own Episcopal Church, and was the first woman of color to do so. And there's so much more I can say about her. I absolutely adore her. But instead, I invite you to learn about her and read her amazing memoir. If you're looking for summer reading, it's a great book, titled Song in a Weary Throat, A Memoir of an American Pilgrimage. And finally, today is also the second Sunday of Pentecost, where we hear the story of the demoniac in Luke's gospel. I personally have always been fascinated with Luke's story of this healing of the demoniac. You may not want to admit it, but there are plenty of demons around us even today. We wrestle with this dark shadow side of human behavior on a daily basis. Look at what just happened a few days ago in Birmingham, Alabama, <clears throat> at St. Stephen's Episcopal Church, this, or what happened just a few weeks ago in Uvalde. Think of the rampant gun violence that's happening in our nation. Where do you think that comes from? Think of the racism and the ideology of white supremacy. Perhaps there are demons in your own family or family history. Or perhaps you wrestle with your own internal demons of addiction or trauma in your own personal life. Whether we have confronted them or not, they're there. This story of the demoniac begs the question, what are the parts of our lives, our history, our collective stories that need to be confronted and exercised? What needs to be healed, restored, and renewed so that we can all move on stronger and more united as a person, a community, a nation, and God's people? And so I have my own personal stories, our own family demons. And so when you look at me, what do you see? Woman? Yes, priest, 
Cuban, white, brown, immigrant, mixed race. I'm all these things and yet so much more. You see, my past, my story is so much more than what you see standing here before you. It's a complicated story, as I'm sure many of us have similar complicated stories. You wouldn't know by looking at me that my own grandmother on my father's side was of mixed race. She was resented by her own abusive and alcoholic husband and considered different and an outsider by most of my father's family and, yes, even my siblings today. When I met her as a small child of about 10 or so when she came during the Marielle boat lift, I remember a broken, brown-skinned, depressed woman who spent most of her day sitting on the couch in silence staring out of the window, lost in her thoughts and memories. I don't know her whole story. I just know what was told to me by my father about a year before he passed. It was a story of trauma, a story of demons within my own family. If it had not been told, it would have been forgotten. There are those in my own family who would deny this, our collective story, our own DNA, the story of my grandmother, of who she was and what she experienced. And I have to ask why? What are we afraid of? For to deny her story is to deny very part and essence of who I am, of who my family is. In my mind, the wow factor of today's gospel story is that the townspeople were actually afraid when they saw the demoniac healed and in his right mind. And they ended up asking Jesus to leave as a result. Does it surprise you that they preferred to keep their demons in place rather than to call them out so as to get free of them and to actually be whole and healed once again? Why? What are they so afraid of? And how many of us would prefer to keep our demons in place rather than to do the hard work of exercising them from our own lives? We are an Easter people, friends, a people of truth, a people who see the value of repenting and confession. For it is only in acknowledging our demons and repenting of our sins that we can exercise them and finally move forward towards a new life, a renewed and whole life, a life of resurrection. No doubt that it's scary and difficult work to name the demons in our midst. Martin Luther said, naming was the first step to casting them out. And that's how we end up resisting evil, is by calling it out. It's important to tell our stories, our collective stories, like this one from Luke's Gospel, of restoring this man to full health and wholeness. It's important to tell our national collective stories about the sins of the past, like slavery and racism, and calling it out. This is what Juneteenth is all about. Certainly, the addition of this national holiday is one step in the right direction for this nation to recognize its part and perhaps 
the part it still plays in the collective oppression of our black and brown brothers and sisters. For to truly repent, to follow in Christ's way of love, to be healed and restored to wholeness, means to confront our sins of the past. And so I pray that we may always have the faith and courage to repair that which is broken, to cast out those demons that hold us back from moving forward together in compassion and understanding and most importantly, in love, so that we may know God's liberating and life-giving love. I'm back to Polly Murray. She's, um, she's been recognized in the Episcopal Church as a saint, and if you find the liturgical supplemental book called Holy Men, Holy Women, Celebrating the Saints, she is listed in that book. And she's commemorated on July 1st. And the collect or prayer that is written in her honor sums up the essence of what Polly stood for and believed her entire life. This collect, I believe, also sums up the essence of why we as a body of Christ do that hard work of self-examination uh, and libera liberating ourselves from that which holds us back from God's true love. And so I want to leave you with that prayer. Liberating God, we thank you most heartily for the steadfast courage of your servant, Polly Murray, who fought long and well. Unshackle us from the bonds of prejudice and fear so that we show forth your reconciling love and true freedom, which you revealed through your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You can find more lectures and sermons on iTunes by searching for St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas, or visit our website at stdave.org and click on the podcast button.